Thank you for tuning into the podcast. As always, I'm so grateful for your interest and your time. In this episode, I'd like to talk about what we call schadenfreude and delectatio morosa. The context for this, of course, is President Trump's recent COVID-19 diagnosis, and like much related to this man's occupation of the presidency, this event has triggered strong emotional responses. As I record this, Trump is out of the hospital, but not out of the woods, according to his doctor, and a number of his staff have tested positive as well. A number of Trump's political opponents, including Barack Obama and Joe Biden, have taken the high road with good wishes for a speedy recovery. Others are smug and satisfied with Trump's fate and those in his orbit. I think this attitude of, look who's laughing now, is a problem that we need to confront within ourselves. When we take joy in harm befalling another, this is called schadenfreude. When we brood on thoughts, for example, of how things could get worse for someone, like Trump, we are engaging in what is known in classical Catholic moral theology as delectatio morosa. To have this reaction when something bad happens to someone we don't like is a part of what it means to be human, but we recognize it's from our shadow side. It's base, it's unevolved, it's a reptilian response. As disciples of Jesus, I think we're called to something more. So how do we deal with these feelings and thoughts, schadenfreude and delectatio morosa? Step one is I acknowledge that this schadenfreude is me. It's a part of my shadow. And it shows that I am capable of delight in another person's suffering. Because we wear the persona of being good, quote-unquote, the constellation of our inner torturer, that is the part of us that likes to see people we feel who deserve it suffer, is something we'd rather not face or admit to. The torturer is a part of who we are, but it's not the totality. If we ignore this inner torturer, he will go dark and grow in strength and find a way to bleed out that is beyond our control. Let's name and own our capacity to wish evil on another. Step two, despite my capacity, I make a choice to respond in a Christ-like way. While I might have an inner torturer and he might be the loudest voice I'm hearing right now, it doesn't mean that he is the voice of truth and light. I could pray, Jesus, help me to feel about the world the way you feel about the world. And we know that Jesus feels and desires healing, redemption, wholeness, compassion, and reconciliation. I can make a choice to cooperate with this vision, not to collude with the shadow forces that want to tear down, divide, and harm. Step three, I might have to fake it until I make it. I might not feel love and compassion right now for someone like Trump and the people around him. But I am not my feelings, and I am not addicted to my feelings. With God's help, and I think we have to let God into this process. It's essential. It's the only way. With God's help, I can override my instinct for revenge, retributive justice, and desire for satisfaction with godly characteristics like forbearance, compassion, and a love that includes enemies. And finally, I think we need to note that compassion doesn't mean we refrain from speaking truth to power. 
and taking reflective action to resist injustice. That's a part of our call and duty right now. We can have compassion and truth. We can hold charity and justice. The situation we're facing right now creates an opportunity for us to recognize our shadow, to accept this aspect of ourselves, and to respond not from base instincts, but from the image and likeness of God within. This is the only way that the cycle of emotional, spiritual, and physical violence that plagues our culture right now can be broken. It's when we become conscious of shadow, recognize our own capacity for evil, and choose with God's grace to respond with love instead of hate. And with that, we go into a moment of meditation. <laughs> 